And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Oh, wait. No, that's not Joe DeLeon, is it? Why you got to do me like that, man? Why you got to do me like that? <laughs> it's, because, it's because you got the Vandal shirt on. This is one of the coolest shirts that I own from Homefield Apparel. This is one of the coolest shirts that I own, so you can't say anything negative about it. Actually, I love the shirt. I'm just jealous I don't have one. Yeah, exactly. You should get one. Wait, I look, I, I'm jumping already into this, but we got to talk about this. We get, we got to talk about this. There's already projections being put out I, there, Blake, for LSU Notre Dame playing in a bowl game. I'm telling you, it, every time they have similar records, it is a guarantee to happen. It's going to happen. I So listen, not only that, I got local TV reporters that are going to make let us sit in the back of the van. Oh, they, that's what – now I understand what that was. Yeah, local TV reporters, we get to sit in the back of the van – and go to the game. Oh, and by the way, the Saints play in Tampa that next day. How it about could be, that? could be a nice little trip. Uh, look, I'm telling you right now, I'm 1,000% going. We're going to meet up. We're going to make it. We need this to happen. We need this to happen. It, it's looking pretty good uh, as long as both these teams don't lose any more games. That's what I was about to say. Who's more likely to lose? I don't think it's LSU. Well, Notre Dame has Stanford, and they've got Wake Forest, so I okay. maybe I I they lose to Wake like, Forest. Well, it might be maybe. more likely that LSU does. They still got A&M and Florida in there. All right. right. We got a lot to discuss. Joe, a good, another good week of games. Two prestige games here to, that we'll talk about here tonight. Michigan, which we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about with Michigan. Yeah. And Penn State. Face-off, Happy Valley, Pennsylvania. We will talk about that. Harbaugh, back in the news. I don't know what's going on anymore. I <clears throat> I heard he was getting suspended. I heard he wasn't. I heard that legal allegations were going to come down from the Big Ten. Then I heard Michigan said, not so fast, my friend, Lee Corso style, and we're going to get attorneys and we're going to sue the shit out of you. And I'm like, oh, my God. Then come to find out the AP puts out that – other schools were stealing Michigan signs. Here's my thing, Blake. And I have said a lot of things that are against the grain of what the the general consensus is with this Michigan situation. My thoughts are you cannot take any actions of suspension until there has been a proper investigation that is fully gone through. I think that they are at least owed that. And I know that that sucks. This is in the middle of the season. If they are found completely responsible for doing what they did, which again, there's tons of evidence. I'm not denying that. And they end up winning. That looks bad on the Big Ten's part. But if you end up suspending him and not allowing him to coach and they fall short and they don't go to the college football playoff or whatever ends up happening, that's bad for the Big Ten because you're not able to put out your best product to the college football playoff. It is a lose-lose situation, but I think at the very least, you got to let this thing play out. I don't <clears throat> disagree completely. I do think it deserves to be played out. But I don't know what the Big Ten can do. Like, I, I mean, what are you going to do? They're just going to sue you right back. It's going to go to another lawsuit. Yep. And the season's going to get played out. I mean, the only real I, – I don't, I, I don't even know if they could even do it is the NCAA is the only people that can really bring down any kind of action, really. But they move at a snail's pace, so it doesn't even matter what they end up doing. You, 
it would be like a year and a half later before they actually take any action or levy any well, types and I of saw suspicions. This, I, I saw this too, that this could be dragged out. Now, we're going to talk about Michigan-Penn State. We want to talk about the yeah. actual football game, mm -hmm. okay? Is that there could be legal action towards Michigan and Connor Stallings because if he was stealing signs and someone got hurt on the play, you knew directly what they were doing and cheating, which is another a whole nother, you know bag of worms that you got to dive into. But what I, I understand that's that sentiment, but I I think that's again we're we're so hyper focused on Michigan because that they're the team that's getting talked about right now. But right. nobody says that when other teams steal signs. Nobody says that when they know they're of other not, teams that are stealing signs. But, but we can't. We're, we can't. We're, I don't. Want, if you know well, an opponent's play, you know an opponent's an opponent's play. The degree in which you uncover yeah, that but is, how do they know it, and have well, has it been proven? Well, well, Brent, like Brent, for example, we know that he has signs and that, that he steals them and he uses them. Okay, but you don't have another another team staff member on the sidelines with glasses on with video. But if he is, uh, but, but, if Brent but, Venables is at, if Brent Venables is accurate in his in his sign stealing and in, in that information, how is that different? Just because he didn't go a step further to acquire that information, he how is the action a different? Member on the sidelines of a gambling opponent. But what I'm what have, I'm getting back to though here is the injury thing. It doesn't matter. Of Brent Venables sending interns to games. That's why. Stallions is just a dumbass who got caught. That's what I still stand by. He's you just a guy who did a bad job. Guilty in this country. Yeah, I, uh, I don't we'll know. talk about that. We'll talk about Penn State. Oh, Miss, <clears throat> excuse me, and Georgia face off on Saturday as well. Joe, a lot of people writing off Ole Miss. I'm going to caution you again. Don't do it. You know what? I'm going to caution you, Blake. Stop downing Georgia. Stop finding a way to, to talk up the opponent because we did this last week. I you wasn't willing to talk up Missouri. They were going to beat Missouri by 17 plus, and I said it'll be a one score game. I didn't say 17. I you, didn't say 17. You want to pull up the film? Not right this second. I'll pull uh -huh. it up after the show. Because I promise you, you said 17 plus. You said it was going to be a blowout. Look, Ole Miss is very similarly structured to Missouri. I think at the very least, the closest that this game can be is nine points, just like the Missouri-Georgia game was. I don't think it, it will be any closer than that because Georgia has proven that they are just the best team in the country. All you're doing is because the Georgia fans love you now, you're just going to continue to ride the they way. They forgot. They forgot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then we'll get – so, we, Joe, we changed something here. We're not doing our rankings anymore. We're going to give you our power ratings. Yes. Okay, because people were confusing. We put it on there. We'll give you our top ten in that as well. We got a lot to touch on. We got a lot of games, a lot of things to cover. We'll do that next before we do that, everybody do us a favor. Hit the like and share. Share to all those social media groups. If you're on Facebook, if you're watching us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell, and wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. Talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. We talk some Michigan, Penn State. We do that next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, 
esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50. That's Believe50, B-L-E-A-V, 5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. Remember the Texas fans that said that they would never watch our show? Yeah, what about them? Boy, they're sure in the comment section, aren't they? <laughs> I'm just going to uh, throw that out there. And by the way, this is a little preface to what we will talk about later in our power rankings. They are behind Alabama and mine. I can't believe you did that. I actually can't believe you did that. I'm like really shocked that you did that. And I know you told me yesterday you were doing that. I still don't. I can't believe you're doing that. Well, I'll give you the reasoning as to why. And if it, we're going based off power rankings, what I did that for. Michigan and Penn State. Happy Valley, Pennsylvania. Joe, I, I wish that this game was a whiteout. Like, it's, they should make this game at night. They should make this game a whiteout. 11 a.m.? Well, that was what the whole criticism was. And I, I said this to you in the offseason. You told me you didn't want to talk about it in the offseason because it wasn't really news. But they picked the Iowa game as one of the whiteouts over this game. I okay, don't know well, you don't make this a idiot. whiteout. Then I was an idiot. This should be at night. It should be a whiteout. It would give happy – it would make Happy Valley dance, man. I don't know why they're not doing it. You, you need that edge of – the fan base, and I know the stadium's loud and and it's a rocking place, but man, it's just a different vibe. I remember what, what year was that? I think it was like 2018. Shea Patterson was the starting quarterback yeah. in the first Shades play of the game. Shea Patterson, baby! It was so loud that they had to take the delay a game penalty or call the timeout or whatever. That has to be one of the best clips in college football. So we're we're missing out. I Shea Patterson is a North Louisiana kid. Should have gone to LSU. Glad he did. Oof go to LSU now yeah. uh, after seeing him at Ole Miss and Michigan. Joe, let's start here because there's obviously every single day there's more news about this Michigan sign-stealing scandal. I love saying that every time, sign-stealing scandal. Today the AP came out and said that they had talked with a former employee I will or a former Big Ten employee. I'll let you give that quote in just a minute. But my thing is this. How do you – should the Big Ten take action? Not, not, not let me say how, how can you. Should the Big Ten take action? Because apparently there was a meeting with other ADs and coaches around the league, and they wanted them and Tony Petiti to take action. But Tony Petiti, like we talked about in the non-playing portion of the year, he's a TV guy. He's not a rules guy. He's not a football guy. He's a numbers guy. He's a money guy. They sent Michigan a letter of allegations today on they should do disciplinary action, and they have until Wednesday to respond. Well, what? why didn't you just tell Michigan what they should do? Why are you going to leave it up to Michigan? And then if Michigan does anything, it's a sign of guilt. Why would you do that? There is also, in line with all the, the terrible things that are happening here in this whole situation, it's also 
going to be mishandled no matter what. It is such a difficult situation to deal with. And uh, Elks is pointing this out, a really good point. I actually would argue that Tony Petiti is probably the best guy to handle this way more than, than Kevin Warren, who was terrible at his job because he was a he was a previously a lawyer. He went to Harvard Law School. He was a lawyer for a period of time before he got into broadcasting. So he's going to probably have the best understanding of how to evaluate the situation and do it properly or do it in the best possible outcome. I will say, though, that it's likely that this is going to be slow, though. It's going to be a slow, drawn-out process. I really think that because there is so much information, this is such an elaborate, complex situation, you cannot levy a suspension. You cannot suspend, a, su suspend Jim Harbaugh. You cannot go as far to remove them from the college football playoff race. You can't do any of those things without allowing a full investigation to play out because there's just too much information to know exactly what occurred, the severity of everything. There are too many accusations that are out there right now. There's just too many. And it would be, I know this sounds insane to say, it would be unfair to rush to that. I understand that the actions of cheating are unfair, but it would be unfair to rush to some sort of conclusion without having finishing that, that investigation. Because I will, then they're going to get sued, like you've said. Well, I will concede this. If you're unable to prove that, then it is killer for Michigan. Yeah. Right? Like, if, if you take action and it's proven that they were not guilty or that they would have been able to continue to play in the playoff or they would have been able to continue the season, you, you know, like, a lot of people said Art Browse had knowledge of his situation. The NCAA, lawmakers, everybody, you know, came to the conclusion that he didn't. You have you have no idea how this will and will not go in reference to Harbaugh and the players. But Joe, the problem on the opposite side of that is we got a coach on the sideline, okay, of Central Michigan getting signs and what looks to appear, what some people have said, he's got on sunglasses at night with maybe a camera in there. I, I, I mean, I, I'm just throwing this out there. Central Michigan has opened an investigation. The NCAA now has joined that investigation. If that was one of their staff members, then why were they opening an investigation to start off with? Uh, Jim McElwain didn't open up an investigation, right? No. Like, he, he wasn't doing that. Connor Stallions is on the sidelines. So the problem is, if you're Michigan State saying, hello, Hello, just because the, we had to fire our head coach over what may or may not have happened with a woman who's cried wolf twice in her life, document show, Mel Tucker might get paid here. We literally, literally have a dude on the sidelines. They cheated. Like, if you're Michigan State, how can you sit there and say, if that's Connor Stallions, how do you not take action? He got fired, that's it? Like, you you are coming down on us, giving us pressure about an allegation that we knew of, okay, about two parties that consented it, allegedly. So, I just sit here and say, how, how do you have that guy on the sideline? How do you have the Venmo? How do you have people corroborating and saying, hey, man, I used to be there. Hell yeah, Stallions was paying people. Look. I continue to say this, and this is not a take that seemingly a lot of people like to 
to come to grips with. But the action of stealing information from other teams is widespread amongst the 130 college football teams, all the Power Five teams. It is widespread. And we now have the AP published an article today. I'm going to quickly read this quote that's in the article. Okay. A former employee at a Big Ten football program said Monday it was his job to steal signs and was given details from multiple league schools to compile a spreadsheet of play calling signals used by Michigan last year. The employee said he recently shared the documents which showed the Wolverine signs and corresponding plays, as well as screenshots of text message exchanges with staffers at other Big Ten schools with Michigan. And he, he remains anonymous because he, does, he doesn't want that to impact his, his career just, justifiably. I have been saying this throughout this entire process, that they are not, they are not the sole school that has put together an operation this complex. There are other schools in the country that are either doing something similar or doing something different and equally as egregious when it comes to stealing information, stealing plays, stealing signs. They are just the only school that has been stupid enough to get caught because Connor Stallions did a horrible job of covering his tracks. He didn't even attempt to because I think he didn't think he was going to get caught. There's a reason why nobody has been outspoken about this why no one has said anything about this, because it is clearly something that is occurring within the conference and across college football. I think that they're trying to be made an example of, and I think that it is bullshit for all these other programs to come to the table and accuse them of doing something so wrong and egregious when they're likely in cahoots with other programs that are doing similar things. Pause. You can't take that article from the AP who has had issues in the past, okay, of malpractice and missourcing on things. Just stay with me. When you literally had the Wall Street Journal a week ago saying that Michigan rescinded a contract, Michigan actually comes out and says, that's horseshit. So, yes, I get what you're saying, that if this is true, I think this is what you're trying to say. If that is true, shame on the other Big Ten schools for doing that when you're blaming Michigan for doing it. And, uh, I and want right, like that's what you're yes. trying to say. I want to, and I actually want to would like to add this as well. I think that the real appropriate course of action here is expediting the implementation of headsets and helmets. It has to be widespread in college football by sometime early next season. It needs to be expedited. Every SEC coach of that, by the way, on the SEC. They're all going to say no. They're all going to say no. All of them said yes. Oh, I'm I'm surprised by that. Yes, Saban said yes. Kelly said yes. Pittman said yes. And I think Kiffin said yes. I wasn't on there with Jimbo, but I I, I literally was falling asleep when he came to the microphone. They need need to implement this because the minute that it's implemented, this whole thing is – it's defunct. It's it's no longer it's no longer an issue. We we are not problem, talking about it anymore. The problem with that is teams are still going to bring in signs because they want to run hurry up. They're still going to have signs on the sideline. That's true. Well, okay. if it's hurry up, you're not going to be able to really steal a play in a hurry up situation. We'll 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 get to Elks's super chat in just a minute. And if you want to send super chats, you're more than yes, welcome. Yes, those are those chat. are now turned on after a long battle with, with YouTube, the partner. Yeah, pro- yeah we we got That's that figured out. Yeah, right. but the truth is, Joe, the problem that you have here, and why Tony Bettini, who you said might be the right guy for the job, 
he number one, he did not give them any disciplinary action. He didn't say he didn't come out and say, hey, you need to do X, Y and Z. What he said was, hey, you should take disciplinary action. Basically, if, if, if they do anything with Harbaugh, they are admitting guilt. But I had Connor Stallions on the sideline. Nobody has provided proof to me that Ohio State was doing it. Iowa was doing it. Nebraska was doing it. Penn State was doing it. I don't have that evidence. So just some back door, back room, dudes drinking at a bar saying that other schools were doing it does not give me the evidence that they were doing it. One AP poll or one AP report does not give me Connor Stallions on the sidelines. It doesn't give me laminated head, uh, a laminated sheet with head signals on them. Like it doesn't. So we okay. can blame on. Can you give me any evidence for any other school other than a, a stupid little AP article? No, no one else has gotten caught. No one else has been dumb enough to okay. get caught. Now everyone's going to cover their tracks as and, and cease operations until this thing is is completely resolved. Oh, no. Absolutely they are. All right. Yeah. Before we move on to the game, let's get to Elks' super chat here. He says, Joe, that's cool. They didn't rec uh, record future opponents. No one else is doing this. The fact you have zero no or zero clue what's going on, it's hilarious. Thank you for the super chat. Okay, first of all, I've read up on this. I'm not like going off of no information. Um, I, I don't. There's obviously no evidence of these other programs doing this, and it ties into my point that Michigan is the one who's being made the example of. Everybody is frustrated with Michigan's whatever reason that they're going after them. I don't know what the reasoning is. I'm not going to put together a conspiracy theory here, here of why they're doing it. I don't know. But they are clearly there. Clearly, is some sort of vendetta over the past year with all the different allegations that have come out against Michigan. Same thing happens with Georgia when they succeed. Allegations and, and things are thrown around about Georgia's football program. When teams are successful, this stuff happens. No one's going to bring to the table that Illinois stealing signs. I'm not saying that they were because no one cares. They have a mediocre record, and they've had a mediocre record over the past couple of years. You're only going to care when you're losing as significantly as you are. And that's why everyone's going after Michigan. I don't think cheating is a vendetta. Wait, what do you mean by that? I don't think that Michigan being caught cheating has other schools being making it a vendetta. But everyone else is doing it. That's what I'm saying. There's no one's been of what? You have no evidence of that. Zero. You're right. I don't. I don't. I don't have any evidence of that. I have an article right now, and I just – secondhand stories from people who've worked in college football that I've talked to. That's all I have. I don't have enough. I don't have enough evidence. All right. You want to get to the game? What do you think of the game? Yeah. Let's talk about this game. Um, man, I really signs or no signs. We might've really been proven to ourselves how this game's going to play out based on how Penn state played against Ohio state. Now I know that Penn state had to go on the road and it's a huge advantage for them to get to play at home against Michigan. But Michigan is just such a well-rounded football program. They are one of the most balanced teams in college football, and we have yet to see them in a situation where they've been truly tested. Defensively, they are filled on the back end in their in their front seven with NFL future NFL players. Their offensive line, I would point out and say they're the best in the country. Their run game is phenomenal. 
And J.J. McCarthy is in a position where he doesn't have to do too much. And that's why they're continuing continuing to succeed. And I think that this game plays out very similarly to the game that we saw between Ohio State and Penn State. The <clears throat> number one total defense in the country matches the number two total defense in the country. I do th th think that this one's going to be a defensive uh, slugfest. I would be surprised if any team is able to pull away here, okay, in any stretch of the imagination. Michigan has the number one passing defense in the country when it comes to passing yards allowed. That does not bother me because they have not – look, they have not been challenged enough for you to say that any of these stats for Michigan, them have the number one total defense, is worth a damn. Okay? I do think that they have played – I don't think that they've played outright nobodies because they play in a really good conference. The problem I have is, is that they have not been tested by a ranked opponent. They yeah. haven't seen a good team, okay? And Penn State will be that team. Here's the problem I have. I still think Michigan's really good at running the football and playing really good defense. I think they got the better quarterback in this matchup. Regardless of what you think, I think they have the better head coach in this, in this matchup. There's outside of home field advantage, there is absolutely nothing that Penn State has an advantage in. I look at all the stats. The only thing that Michigan, Michigan, uh, that Penn State has done better than Michigan, excuse me, is statistically they have a better rushing offense. The problem with that is Michigan was taking guys out, slowing the game down. That doesn't really compute. Every other metric that you would find here, Michigan's going to be number one, but it's skewed. This could be a redemption game for Penn State. This could easily be mm. a redemption in the sense of like, hey, man, you didn't look good offensively against Penn State. You play great on defense, absolutely fantastic on defense. But, Joe, for me, I don't know if I can trust Franklin and Oller enough for them to pull the upset. I, I, I can't lean there yet because I just think that Michigan, like you said, on both lines of scrimmage is better. I think they got the better overall green grass athletes whether we want to talk crap about Harbaugh or not, he's still a damn good football coach. They got the better DC, the better OC, and I love Manny Diaz. I'm a Manny Diaz apologist. I I, I just want to. I I just don't know if I I would be shocked if Penn State's offense could do enough to get things moving because I know what they did last week. But I also saw them against the best team that they'd seen in Ohio State, and he got shut down. He was flustered. The question ultimately becomes, <clears throat> does that help him? Having that early season matchup, how much does that help a young quarterback in Oliver? Right. That's He's a good point. At home. So this could be a turnaround game. Is there any possibility of that happening with everything that is surrounding Michigan? I think you bring up a really good point that it's advantageous that Drew Allar has, you know, he's gotten that that bad puke game out of his out of his system. I don't think he has played as he played as bad as you thought he did, but I do agree that it's not a performance that is conducive to them winning. They do still lack the receivers, and I stand by this take to win a football game like this, especially when you're going up against a team that has a quality secondary. More importantly, I don't think that there will be easy opportunities to run the football. Their linebackers 
are two of the best, most talented linebackers in the country with Michael Barrett and Junior Colson. I think that Junior Colson is good enough to be a top 50 pick. He was my number one rated linebacker coming into the season for the 2024 NFL draft. I am a very big fan of his. That whole front seven, those defensive linemen, there's not a Rashawn Gary or a David Ajabo necessarily on this, right. this D-line, but they're so balanced in every single spot that they're creating penetration on a snap-to-snap basis, which is going to make things hard running the football, and a lot of pressure is going to be back on Drew Allard's head. So I totally agree that a lot is going to play into how does he play. Can he find Keandre Lambert-Smith, and can he get open? Can they connect with some of these other receivers that just have not been creating separation? But I'm putting this on the table, Blake, that I think that if there is a path for Penn State to pull out this victory, and this is one that Michigan fans might not like, they need to go after and fluster the one person who has been talked up a lot this season, but is J. clearly J. the yeah, J.J. McCarthy. <clears throat> he has played very well, but he has also had a number of weak performances. And his worst games are enough to drag down the team. It's enough to, to bring them down to lower-level opponents. If you can pressure him and force him into making bad decisions – you can make this a close football game, and you can pull out of it. You absolutely can pull out of it. Now, J.J.'s been great. I don't know the probability of this happening because he's been improving on a week-to-week basis, but I do not think that J.J. McCarthy is a perfect quarterback, and I think that he often shows us some signs, some red flags of mistake-filled football, and it could happen in this game. Number one. In reference to J.J. McCarthy, if I get here, if I hear him getting compared to Jaden Daniels again, I'm going to freak out. Okay, just throwing that out there. <sighs> they're they're not comparable. They're not. I watched I watched the all 22 of the Purdue Michigan uh, game because I was evaluating some of his players on both those sides of the ball. There are so many errant throws by him, man. He, he is not accurate. He is not an accurate quarterback, and it's a problem. The problem with that, he's completing 75% of his passes. The, the number is not conducive to the skill. He's completing 70% of his passes, but when he misses, he's throwing behind guys. Guys have to reach and, and extend. That's what leads to interceptions. And when you're going up against a bad Purdue team and you're playing against all these bad teams in the conference, obviously you're going to go for 70%. But when you're playing against Kalen King in that whole secondary – you're not going to throw for 70%. You're just not going to. I do see a path where he could play bad. Like, I, I, I see it. The problem is, is how bad does he have to play for this deep, for this offense to look, if Ohio State can shut him out and shut him down, mm-hmm. what makes me believe that Michigan can't? Right, right. That's a really good point here. If if Aller plays as bad as he does against uh, Ohio State, so I don't know how bad, far off from one another. Joe, I got to be honest with you. I don't know how bad he's got to play. I, I don't think he's going to play bad at all. Meaning McCarthy, but he would have to go full TCU. Well, that's the thing. He's got that in his system. You know, he's got that in this but defense. This Penn State defense better than the Penn State's not a national championship playing team. Yeah, but this the second best team in the country. The, the Penn State secondary is a million times better than the TCU one last year. But what I'm what I'm trying to say is, is that look what TCU's defense did to him in a playoff game. Right. Now he's gotten better. I mean, look, players can get better, and I think he's gotten better from that from that day. 
Look, Michigan, for what it's worth, okay, I don't know. I, they're 50th in rushing offense. How, I don't know. They haven't played anybody, and but, they, but they're up there in time of possession. Again, this goes back yeah. to my school of thought. Last thing I'll say this. This goes back to my school of thought, man. Penn State tries to play – at to the level of trying to be Michigan and Ohio State, and they're just not. So I'm going to take Michigan in this game. I am going to wait to make an official pick be only because I don't know what's going to go on with Harbaugh. Okay, fair. If Harbaugh is not on that sideline, I will question things because – I was going to say, don't make the mistake that you made against uh... – when Penn State played Ohio State, didn't you? You picked Penn State. Yeah, but I picked them on the normal. I picked them on the normal time. I didn't wait. That's true. Yeah. All right. You. Uh, let's do this. Let's get to a quick break. Let's talk about good friends over at Home Field Apparel, and then we will come back and talk a little Georgia, Ole Miss, and then we'll get to our power rankings. Stay with us. Rafino and Joe Show is brought to you by Home Field Apparel, which is the best, without a doubt premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan, maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan, whatever it is, even Idaho. They have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. I try to exit out and get back in because my internet's being like a Rudy Poo right now. And am I am I bad, Joe? No, you're good right now. Okay. Have I been bad during the show? You you were a tiny bit spotty, but it was for a very brief instance. So you're okay. you're good. Georgia, the Bulldogs, and Ole Miss. Hi, tidy, gosh, you mighty, who the hell away? Hey, him, bam, 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 Ole Miss, by damn. How do you know all these fight songs, by the way? How do you, I'm like because impressed. I love college football. Yeah, but I don't. I will watch college football any any day of the week over the NFL. I respect it. That's how many? How many? If you had to just guess, how many fight songs do you think you know? Not a lot, word by word, but I can probably name two thirds of their fight songs. Mm, that's impressive. That yeah. that'll be a good off season activity. Bum, bum, give you, bum, 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 I'm gonna give you a random team in the offseason, and then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give me the fight song. We'll save that for the offseason. I can give you the tune. All right. But Ole Miss, Georgia, this weekend in Athens. Joe, I will look. I will concede this. Okay. I don't want Georgia fans to feel like that I don't think that they're the number one team because in the comments last night 
apparently because I thought that Missouri ran the ball on them more effectively than we've seen in the last two years, that I'm just out on Georgia. That's not even remotely close. But I'm going to continue to say what I'm saying because last week against Missouri, Cody Schrader was able to really get some tough and good yards against Georgia in this running game. It was Brady Cook that could not hit the passes when it was time to get uh, get the big completions. I know he had some good scramble yards in there, but I think Jackson Dart's a better quarterback than Cook. I think Quinshaw Juckins is a better overall back, okay, than uh, Cody Schrader. And I do think they have about the same comparable offensive line. I, I, I really do. I've seen – I have seen – and you know how I know this, show? There's not a defensive line in the country better than Texas A&M. And I saw this Ole Miss Rebel team push them around like nobody has this year. Alabama couldn't do it. Tennessee couldn't do it. This A&M front seven has not been pushed around like this. Hell, even Miami, which I'm talking about Miami this week, they go and play Florida State. My goodness, NC State, what a win. Nevertheless, don't sleep on the Rebs here. Now, Lane Kiffin's got to win a big one before I pick them. I yes. think that this could be a 7-10 to 10 point game, but if the Bulldogs come out barking in the back-to-back -back home game, they could get something rolling here. But I don't think – see, here's the problem that we have in this society too. Joe, they, people want Georgia win by style points. That's not Georgia. No. No, absolutely not. No, they – They want you to blow out – they want you to fully 2019 these teams, and they're not going to do that. No, they're not – and especially this Georgia team's not – it's not built like that. They're not like built like the teams over the past past two years. They're still really good. They're just – not at that level yet. They're not there. Look, my main focus here, Blake, and I talked about this last week and my concern and why I didn't think that Missouri was going to really be able to keep up or, or make big plays when it counted was because of the defensive weaknesses that Missouri had, especially in their secondary. We watched Kansas State have success moving the football very easily against that Missouri defense. We saw LSU have a really easy time doing it. The same holds true this week for Old Miss. We saw Old Miss's defense get completely cooked by LSU's offense. And I know, I understand that LSU's offense is in a completely other echelon in tier. But Georgia right now, I'm repeating the same crap I say every single week, is in their rhythm. They're running the ball way better than they ever have. They're throwing the ball without Brock Bowers. The best that they've done all season, Lad McConkey is starting to emerge as the threat that we know that he is now that he is back and fully healthy. And I think that Carson Beck continues to impress me with the way that he is delivering that football. If their offense looks anywhere near what it did last week, they're not going to have any issues. They're just not. Now, I will say, as you've brought up the concern with Cody Schrader and also Brady Cook being able to use his legs, Jackson Dart and Quinshawn Judkins are a much more formidable f variation of that. They are much better than the two of them. They are a much more dynamic rushing duo than Brady Cook and Cody Schrader. So they could keep this thing close because they are a good dynamic duo.
They are a very good dynamic duo, okay? And there comes a point for me when I look at Ole Miss that I say to myself, Joe, there. look, I don't want to make it very simple and say this is what Ole Miss has to do. This is the only thing they have to do, okay? What is the stat that I always use? Third down. Ole Miss is 96th in the country on third down offense. That won't work. Georgia is number four D or number three total defense. That's not going to work. It's not going to bode well. Okay. The bottom line for me is if I don't, and again, I don't want to make it just one thing, but they have been bad on third down. Lane has not been good on third down with his offense. If you do that to Georgia, you're going to get blown out. If you can't convert third downs, you're going to get blown out. If they can, Jackson Dart is going to have to extend things with his legs. He's going to have to be quick trigger. But here's another thing. They have a guy by the name of Trey Harris on the as a wideout who I love. Dude, Trey Harris, kid. Trey Harris is a dog. I do think that people are going to be surprised when I say this. I don't think he's better than Luther Burden, but he's about he's a better Theo Weiss, okay? He's a taller, big-body, physical wide receiver that if if Weiss gave you trouble, this kid can. If Lane doesn't get this thing figured out on third down, they're in massive trouble, though. Massive, massive trouble. Plain and simple, that's another piece to this, too. Missouri has a way, way better receiving core than what Ole Miss has collectively. It's Trey Harris and then, you know, just a bunch of other guys. You know, it's, I will it, give them this. I think they have more speed than Mizzou, though. Maybe. The Wade, the Wade kid is Bentley out of the backfield. What I'm trying to get at here is that Missouri was held in check throwing the football. Again, it's the three guys that I keep bringing up. Malachi starts. Malachi Starks, Javon Bullard, and Kamari Lassiter are all three in the country. Fantastic football players. Unbelievable defensive backs. They'll shut down any passing attack. I, I think that if they're going to win this foot, or I really don't think there's a path for Ole Miss to win this game. But if it's going to be close, they have to run the ball, and they have to run the ball as effectively as Missouri did. I do think that. This could be a game where you look up and say to yourself, okay, um, you look at Carson Beck and start throwing his name into that Heisman conversation. I think Joe, he's already there. I'm going to go as far as back to back top 10 or top 15 opponents that he's beaten. And he he's not a guy who is on the Jane Daniels level of statistics. He's just, he's just not. This offense – isn't really but, built but for him to do that. Josh Pate, who I guess the listeners know this now, was in our chat what a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Shout out to our guy Pate. I'll give him this. I I listened to his clip today. When is Carson Beck going to have a bad game? Where That's where is his mess up game? Right. He hasn't played poorly. He just doesn't. He doesn't get enough love because his stats are like two hundred and forty yards. You know, he's got 20 or something passing attempts. But he makes the throws when they count. He makes the plays when they need him to. He's played great. No one's given him, given him enough love. 
Better watch out or the dog's going to bite. Now, here's another thing. Kirby is going to build this up so good because of the sim simple fact, Joe, if they win on Saturday, they win the SEC East. They're the outright winners of the East. I will give Lane this, though. Okay, even in a loss, what a hell of a year. What a hell of a year. I, I, Joe, look, at some point, I, and I know I think uh, Wilder in the chat said until they get a defense, they'll get serious. They're top 60 defense. They had been in the 90, 95, 100 range under Lane Kiffin before Pete Golden got there. He's already making a difference. They're recruiting at a better level. I, I, I just want to throw this out there. We are going to have to take them seriously if two of the last three years he's won 10 games at Ole Miss. And God forbid if Jimbo Fisher gets fired at A&M, what do you think Lane would do with the talent and money that A&M can spend? It's a really good point. Dude, That it would be scary because he would take Golding and they would be spending money and you know Lane can develop. Like you, you just think know. You think even though he turned down that Aub the, the Auburn – I don't, think, I, don't, I think Auburn, I'm going to be real with you. Even Auburn has more resources and money, yes. But he's not, he, Lane isn't an idiot. Lane knows, okay, listen, Auburn is the toughest job in the SEC, whether anybody wants to agree with it or not. They yeah. have to play Georgia and Bama every year. That's their rivals, Okay. <laughs> he ain't going to do that. He can't recruit. He probably didn't feel like he can recruit at a high enough level to be there and do that. He can't he can at A&M. And I tell you what, there's no uh, – y'all can – people are going to rag on me this. I would worry about him at A&M. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. And I, now, he's got a he'll, massive he'll, buyout, though. He's got a right, massive yeah. buyout. Well, so. his his contract's not that long, though, because of the, the state law that – yeah limits the length so it, it wouldn't be hard it, didn't they uh, they did or it, it was like in thomas we'll have yeah, to see we'll, like we'll, yeah we'll have to see you on the on the on the buy out there uh anything else you think about georgia Ole miss before we get to our power rankings georgia's gonna have a really easy time i don't agree world. with that i i just don't I, I don't agree with that nine plus win nine plus oh, I, I, I mean is a 10 point game easy like, I think I, so because they're not. A th I was listening to ESPN last night. There, here comes my bias. Can I give you my bias? Yeah. ESPN last night, LSU gets blown out by Alabama. That's not a blowout. But that's not a blowout. But we yeah. got to get better at saying, oh, they're going to get blown out. And you're saying it's going to be a nine, 10 point win. That's not a blowout. If it's a good point. In two scores, there, it's not a blowout. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a blowout, but if you win by more than ten points, it's an easy win. Like that, I think that you Fair can enough. win easily and and win by ten points. Fair enough. All right. Do you want to get to our power rankings? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Go with yours first. For everybody that's listening on the audio. Speaking of Carson Beck, that dude's got the longest neck on planet Earth. It's like a giraffe. Like a giraffe. <laughs> uh, number. Hey, if this were Game <laughs> of Thrones, his symbol would be a giraffe. Uh, number one, number one for me, uh, Georgia, number two, Michigan, number three, Florida State, number four, Ohio State, number five, Washington, number six, Oregon, number seven, Texas, 
Number eight, Alabama, nine, Old Miss, and then 10, Penn State. And if anyone's wondering that I make any changes from last week, no, I didn't change a damn thing. Yes, I you did. All, you put Penn State I, in there. Yeah, that was the only change that I made. Because you know what? Nothing that I saw last week really changed my opinion on any of these teams. I was not willing to put Ohio State higher than four because I was wary that they have some offensive issues, and I kept them at four. They're, they, they're the same level as I thought before. Same thing with Washington. I knew what their defense was. I know what their offense is. Oregon, same deal. Texas, same deal. And I'm not moving up Alabama because they looked exactly as I expected. Let me just give you mine, um, and I'll come back to yours. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Michigan. I did move Ohio State back. I flip-flopped them again. I shouldn't have moved Florida State without with a couple of big-time dudes. They get a massive win. Ohio State at four. Alabama at number five. Yes, I did that. Number six, Washington. Number seven, Oregon. Number eight, Texas. Number nine, Ole Miss. Number 10, Penn State. You, If this is a power rankings, you have Bama too low. I okay, and this is I'm getting killed right now in our, our the video I posted, the Alabama video I posted. If anyone wants to go have fun and read those comments, it's it's God, an, less, it's a, almost 300 comments. Is there really that many? Yeah, like they hate us. Oh, Bama that's great. Us. That makes me happy. I think it has. <laughs> wait, wait, where is it? Well, uh, whatever. Besides, besides the point, 170 comments. Okay, 170. Um, I am impressed by Alabama. And I think that Alabama has earned the right to be in the top 10. And they have shown that they're one of the best 10 teams in the country. But I, I, their offense was going up against a weak defense that was hurt. My concerns still lie with their offense and their offensive line. I didn't see anything different from their offense or offensive line that makes me think that they deserve to be ahead of Texas, who beat them. Or ahead of Oregon. I think Oregon and Texas both beat Alabama. I really do think that that's the case. If the two teams play today, who wins? Texas or or or, or Alabama? I think Texas wins. You, I, you, you crazy. If you saw what Malik Murphy and this team did last week against Kansas State. Okay, wait, wait. That's what you, you're saying that with Malik Murphy, do they beat? Yeah, because here's the truth. I, what Quinn yours is going to come back? When's he coming back? That's that's, that's true. That's an that's a He's question. He's got mark. a shoulder injury. What happens when he gets hit on that? Like, but how, that's a lot of projection. We don't we don't really know okay, that. Okay, but you can't say that I'm using a lot of projection and so getting mad at me when I'm saying I'm talking about the teams right now. If the two teams lined up and council bluffs, uh, uh, council bluffs right now, and they faced off, I think Alabama would win that football game because Malik Murphy is not good enough. You trashed Jalen Milrow, okay, for doing looking the way that he looked, which, okay, it is what it is. But, Joe, you know what? There is a difference in Alabama. It is Milrow because last week he took off with his legs. Two weeks ago he took off with his legs, and all they continue to do is play really good defense and win football games. And there's nobody on this show more than me that wants to come out here and give the flowers to Alabama. I am an LSU dude. I love LSU through and through, and I always will. I'm not coming out here just to say Alabama this, Alabama that, but I know what's happening here. I've seen Saban, Joe, over two, actually, two, because I'm, like I said, I saw him at LSU. I saw the fucker do it for 20 years. Run the ball, good defense, 
Who gives a shit what it's... I saw him win a national title with Matt Mark. Okay? With my own eyes. The son bitch had 15 interceptions in a year, and he played really good defense. He ran the ball, and that is how Saban wins. He would not in the neutral field lose to Sark again, I promise you. Also, I saw you didn't say me saying you didn't say anything about Washington. About you moving Washington? I also think that Washington beats them. I stand by these points. They have had on a this current run a number of advantageous matchups. They have had a number of opportunities for that offense. We're not I'm, I'm not that's not what my point is here. Is that that offense has looked better than it actually is. They have not been tested by a legitimate defense at any point. And I think that Washington circumstantially is different and because Washington their defense has- they don't have the defense to slow down Alabama's offense. But my point is is that Alabama's offense is not equipped to go shot for shot with the passing attack that Washington has. We Joe, see on a weekly basis when we they're ju- hot. Joe, we just got a litmus test of what it looks like. It's LSU. We just got the litmus test. But wait, wait, but that game would have been closer and could have gone down to the wire if it wasn't for Jane Daniels coming out of the football game. If it wasn't for him getting hurt. We didn't get to see but that full play out. Go, we just saw them go shot to shot against a bad defense. We just saw Milro run all over them. And I uh, got wait, 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 wait. But he did that against a weak defense that was also dealing Yo, with secondary Washington. injuries and defensive line injuries. Washington's defense in the current state that it's in is better than the banged up LSU defense. Those are not the same. They're not. If you go statistically, no, they're not. There's only been one game where LSU's been this banged up. One good they're where up and they're still better. They're not. I I don't agree. With how that. are you going to disagree with what Caleb Williams and USC, who also can't run the ball, did on them? If because you Caleb Williams get, won the Heisman. He's a perfectly talented football player. Okay. I, I'm not Here's shocked that he played a good football USC, game. USC, if USC can make one stop, they win the football game. Bama's going to make four or five. They re- That's not going to happen. That's just they not going to happen. They just needed to Jane Daniels before he got knocked out of the game. They had four stops on him. Are we forgetting Michael the defensive Prentice performance Jr. that Michael they had against Oregon? Jr. And that offense is not better than LSU. They're not. It's not for you're acting like there's this huge gap. It's it's a 1A, 1B. They're comparable. But my point is, I saw them get stops. I know that Bama can get stops. Look, I I I just I just don't agree with this. I don't agree that I think that Alabama we always do this. The minute that they they do something like credible, they have to get moved up super high. Can we not be satisfied the fact that they won a football game to explain why they deserve to be in the top 10? Can teams not get better? They can get better. Joe, Joe, I've they, seen we watched Saban, them lose to Texas. We know what their weaknesses are. Joe, I've seen Saban lose to an Ole Miss team early in the year that's worse than Texas. Worse. Wait, and let me, they let me. bounce back and kick the dog shit out of everybody. They had dudes like Philip Coker in this hoe win a natty. As much as you are saying, can a team get better? Can we also not acknowledge that 
they have been put in a number of situations that have helped them look better than they they are. Joe, Jalen Milrow is, has been bailed out multiple games for some egregious mistakes. Let me ask you a quick question. Would you rather face Ole Miss, LSU, A&M, and Tennessee or uh, Washington schedule? Would you rather face Arizona? Uh, who else do they play? They, they played Arizona State. Oregon. They played Oregon. I okay. Look, I get what you're saying that Alabama plays. You can't say a that they're, te- they're more tested when you got these dudes out there and you saying, "Oh, well, I'd rather take Washington but, schedule." But this is everything that you have disagreed Stanford. with me on. You have disagreed with me on this, and I have continuously said this. I don't think that these top teams in the SEC are as good as everyone thinks that they are. It is still a down year for the SEC, but we continually rank them in the top twenty like nothing has changed. Like, we don't see that they have issues. Because Joe, we said that about them losing non-conference games in week one. But a lot of the issues that we saw with these teams like Tennessee, like with Old Miss, that has come back to hurt them. And it's cost them football games. Cost who football games? Old Miss and Tennessee, for example. Kentucky, it's cost them won. football games. Florida has cost them football What do you mean that they've won? I'm talking. I'm look. I'm just talking about the conference in general. I don't think that those top teams are as good as everyone thinks that they are. And because that expectation is inflated, Alabama's performance is is inflated. I call him Philip Coker. It's actually Jay, Jay Coker. Coker. <laughs> Who the hell's Philip Coker? I'm thinking for some reason I get. I always say Philip Fulmer, and oh. <laughs> I, I don't. I have no idea. All right, anything else in the, in here before we get out of here? Anything else? Um, I mean, we pretty much agree on everything else. Everything else is the placing of Bama. It's just so silly that we're yelling over three spots. You're yelling. You started yelling at me first. What are you talking about? Because I think you're Rudy Poo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fun. I, I, while we're headed out of the door here, yes, I'm going to get killed for this because my team lost to them in week one. Oh, Florida no. State, Miami play this weekend. Doom, 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 Don't doom, you doom, say. Doom, 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 doom. Oh, Florida State is going to wax that okay. Miami ass. Good, good. Okay. I thought you were about to say some crazy shit that Miami was going to oh. do. Dude, my we're previewing that game. We got to preview that Miami game. Miami fans were in my mentions after LSU lost to Bama and they had just lost to NC State. Stop. Yes. Doom, 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 doom. Oh, I still can't believe. I know we're getting out of here, but I still can't believe. That they got so upset at me over Tyler Van Dyke. Dude uh, had one good game this year. He's had one good game. I think what in the last five games he's got five touchdowns and ten interceptions or ten turnovers, something like that. Some he's got five picks in the last two or three games, something something insane. No, it's horrible. Bad. We'll see y'all Wednesday. Y'all have a good one. Peace. <laughs>